Hey guys, welcome back to Decoding Babylon. And this week, we've got a special guest. We've got Jillian Stone on the show. And we connected recently over a video about Isaiah 14. She had, a, she had an interesting take. Just happens to be pretty much my take. And that's why I was like, I got to be friends with this girl and I need to talk to her. So welcome to the show. Let's talk about who the serpent is and who he isn't. Ah. <laughs> My friend sent me your video about saying that Lucifer is not the devil. Lucifer is this is is the son of the, of the morning star, the sort of the son of the dawn. And so you were tying that as this. This seems clear to me that that he is a nephilim because he's the son of a star. And I was like, finally, somebody knows what I'm talking about. So I have to give a lot of credit to a lot of different sources that I've been given. Um, a few months ago, one of my favorite, um, I guess, like Christian influencers that's very like-minded with who we are. Her name is um, Amy from Eyes on the Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, I, love, I love her. Love Amy. She is so sweet. Um, we're doing a panel together uh, with a few others in... Um, in Phoenix this November. So it's going to be, it's going to be so fun. Um, but she had on a guy named John Pounders and he is with the, um, NYS TV, uh, now you see TV, um, channel on YouTube with a man who is probably one of the single most intelligent people I have ever listened to. His name is David Carrico. Okay. And, they started talking about this theory themselves, and it was a revelation that David had made some 30 years ago that Satan and Lucifer were not the same entity. And I have pulled up a ton of Bible verses to, um, you know, describe who Lucifer's father is. Um, if you want to go ahead and talk about who Lucifer is. Well, I was saying one of the things that, it, and I made a video about this and I talk about this in Ancient Angels, is that there's a lot of things that are kind of church traditions or like almost like dogma where it's like these there are these like somebody interpreted it a certain way and now we're interpreting the interpretations instead of just reading what it says so so obviously the kjv is the only translation that that, that gives it that this being a name like he's because Luc they translated lucifer as as a son of the dawn or you know the or the son of the morning star depending on the translation yeah. so like so Lucifer is not a name. It's a, it's again, it's like a lot of these beings have descriptions or not real names. Like yeah. I get, I mentioned, I said, the devil's name is not in the Bible because the yes. devil, devil's name is not devil. The devil's name, is not Satan. Satan means adversary. There can be more than one Satan, you know, like mm -hmm. it's, it, there's you know, five like, Satans. Well, you could, mentioned. well, even like, even talk about like, um, the Hydra, the Hydra is a, in the Zodiac is a constellation yes. and it's got seven heads. And just think about, there's mm -hmm. a seven head dragon in revelation. These aren't coincidences. It's the same being. It's like it's like these stars are represented of Satan, like so. Obviously, and a third of the stars fell. So again, there's more. There's 
there's many powerful beings that have fallen. And mm -hmm. so, so the one thing that really struck me is when I was reading it, and I think there was a thing that I kept on getting caught up on when I read it, and I was like, it was like, let me let me go to where it says it. It says it in, um, the thing that really got me was when he was saying that, okay, so uh, Isaiah 14, verse 16, this is the ESV, and it says, those who will see you will stare at you and ponder over you. Is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook the kingdoms? And I was always thought like, yeah, if this is the devil, I, was, I thought like, are we going to see him one day and say, this guy looks really pathetic? Like, because it's like, we're, we're, you're picturing the devil, obviously, what, and this is the main kind of gist of it was I was saying, the one thing you, you notice in here, the only kind of like heavenly description is the, the Lucifer son of the morning. It's not, there's no other, there's no other divine description in it. There's nothing that ties him to the serpent. There's nothing that ties him to the Garden of Eden. It's not one thing in this. But then you, you contrast that with like Isaiah, or, uh, Ezekiel 28, where it's describing of anointed cherub, beautiful, one of the, God's most beautiful creations, perfect in his wisdom until he profaned his sanctuaries and all these kind of things. And then you compare it with that and you're like, this Isaiah 14 is describing a, a tyrant, a king who was awful, who shook the nations, who killed people, who obviously you could think like a dictator almost, like a, a like an emperor. It's not this, it, like I said, it, there's no, I, I, that's all I'm saying is there's no description that ties this to the serpent in the garden or the dragon. And I was saying, and so like a little research I did, the only reason we believe that this Lucifer is the devil is because there was a book called Paradise Lost where it talks about Lucifer. And that's why it's like church, church tradition picked that up and now all of a sudden Lucifer is the devil. There's no time, there's no point in the Bible that it says this is Satan, this is the devil, not even one time. Well, yeah. I did not know about the book for mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Um I had no idea about that. I just assumed that people just um I assumed that it just got, you know, kind of normalized by the church a little bit and it just like went on from there. I had no idea that it was a book that preachers were, um, or sorry, I should say pastors. I'm a little old school. Um, <laughs> but, um, that pastors were reading that ended up normalizing this. Um, but kind of the research that I did, sorry if it's noisy, no, okay. um, kind of the research that I did was, looking at the Hebrew root of who the morning star was, and it led me, you know, on a rabbit trail um, to kind of finding out his identity. So Lucifer's father, um, the morning star. So when you translate from Hebrew to English, what the, or from English to Hebrew, what the morning star is, um, a name pop will pop up called Halel ben Shahar. So Halal ben Shahar, um, specifically the shortened term Shahar, was a actual pagan deity, um, a Canaanite pagan deity. So in Isaiah, the context of the morning star would have been in the context of this pagan deity, Shahar. Um, so the historical timeline of the morning star being used is correct um, because it was in reference to Shahar, the pagan deity. And he's mentioned multiple times throughout the Bible, um, the book of Job, Isaiah, um, even Enoch, uh, Second Kings, First Thessalonians. But 
one, I'll pull up a couple. Um, and one of them is um, Job 38, 12 through 13, that he actually does um, mention the morning star in in that context of the personified version. So you're not just thinking, oh, it's just a metaphor. No, he's actually talking about, or the Bible is actually talking about this pagan deity, Shahar. And in Job 38, 12, it says, have you commanded the morning star since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place? that it might take hold of the ends of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it. So not only does it have a flat earth reference, which I love, <laughs> but it also literally talks about Halal Ben Shahar in the context of a personified form, meaning that this is a deity that we are, you know, immediately talking about here. And specifically... And what's interesting too, if I could just interject, oh, go ahead. is that it also says in, in Job 7, because I always broke 38.7, the morning stars shouted for joy. Yes, so it's I like, have that so, here so too, there, yeah. so, there, so there's multiple morning stars. So you think about, so sometimes people say like, Lucifer and Jesus are the same because they both are called the morning star. And it's like, they're, yes, this they're, is called, so they're called that be, They're called that because they're stars. And even like, Jesus appears as the angel of the Lord. So you can even like, so you can obviously connect stars in the heavens with angels. Like obviously we don't know exactly how that works, but obviously... They're called stars. Even like I said, in Revelation 12, it talks about the dragon sweeping his tail and knocking down a third of the stars out of heaven. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, they're, so they're all morning, they're morning stars. I mean, they're all stars, like you said. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there, I think there is what they were saying, like the, the morning star, I believe, was the one who basically brings up the sun. I guess they say like the way that it works in the, you know, if you, if you look at like the astronomy, it actually comes up before the sun does. Yes, and... At, like right right on point there because I was even going to talk about Enoch chapter 80 and that specific chapter in the book of Enoch talks about the stars the morning stars that were responsible for pushing the sun and the moon in orbit around each other to uh, rise yeah. oh, and there you set go. the moon and so what leading down into the research and also having the help of the specific um, video from David Carrico kind of helping me understand what it was, was that this specific morning star, Shahar, could have been one of the leaders of the morning stars that fell. So it could have been a seraphim um, morning star that ended up falling from heaven um, to ultimately become evil. Um, and I think it's it's just very interesting to I've gotten a lot of comments. I don't know if you've gotten any comments um, specifically about Jesus calling himself the morning star. Yeah, I, 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 I hear people saying that. And that's what I'm saying. It's like it's it's kind of like it's it really is. It's like I can tell these people who somebody's told them the Bible says this and then somebody says yeah, this, and, and they, they look at they, they look, look at they look at, they look at two verses and then they're going to use their whole context <laughs> of that. And you're like, you know, like obviously some of these people it's are like, just, come on, guys. They're real, they're real, these people are really not worth arguing about because it's kind of like that's obviously there's more description. That's what I was saying. Like the angels are stars. So so obviously even Jesus is the son of God. Obviously he's the unique son of God. But obviously he there are similarities in the fact that he is also a son of God. He calls himself that. So like, yes. But I was saying that what's interesting, too, is like, but if you. Well, you also look at this, and this is kind of how I really figured this out, was that it says, what's interesting is the way it presents it. So obviously, what, what another thing people get wrong about this, they always say that, that Lucifer was trying to send above God. It's like, it doesn't actually say that. It actually says 
that he was trying to ascend above the stars of God. And what I found yes. interesting, and so what he says is, he said, um, he said, you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mountain of assembly in the far reach of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will make myself like the most high. But he says, yes. but you are brought down to Sheol, to the far reaches of the pit. So obviously, like biblically how that would work, like the demons went into the pit. Like that's mm-hmm. like even even like the legion, remember, send us into the pits. Do not send, son of man, do not send us into the pit. They were worried they were going to the pit. And so, yeah. like, and so basically how I came to the conclusion of this was like, I was looking in Revelation 9, when it talks about the angel that's given the keys to the bottomless pit. So an angel's fall, a star falls, like a, a morning star falls, he opens up the pit, and, and who's let out is Abaddon and Apollyon, the king of the bottomless pit. The angel of the bottomless pit is down there. And again, he's like, he's like the angel over the demons who are all down there. Like all the locusts are, I think, that, I believe that's either metaphorically or somehow literally, these are demons down there. He's the king of them. And I was like, that's, yeah. what, I, that's what I understood. It's like Apollyon, Apollo, and then all of a sudden, Lucifer. If you look at Apollo and Lucifer, they're pretty much the same. They're, the descriptions of that being are the same. It's like prophecy, light, you know, all these kind of good things. Except he's also the god of plagues, which just happens to fit perfectly with him being the king of the bottom's pit over the locusts. Yes. I think it's it's just so interesting how many names these Nephilim, these deities need to have to gain control over an entire population because like the more that you research into who these little g gods are and these deities you start finding the trend that all of these people beings have the exact same past and it all leads back to just a few different deities a few different nephilim Mm -hmm, a few different fallen angels and i think that you know the confusion that they push is so incredibly crazy because you even like are able to mix it into Christian culture. I mean, you see what Constantine did um, with his own pagan practices. He ended up creating an entire calendar, an entire holiday system that is dedicated to, you know, paganism right. and Christians sun, sun, just more, eat it up. more more sun worship. And it's interesting. Exactly. It's interesting in the Catholic Church. Okay, so. What you, uh, what you find very commonly around the world, and that's, this is how obviously the understanding of this is, that you, all these other religions kind of have this, this, this unholy trinity where they have like, just think like in Egypt, they have Isis, Osiris, and Horus. So Hi- mm-hmm. Horus and Osiris are kind of described as being very similar because it's his son. You know? So you have like the son of the sky god is like the sun god. So, like yeah. you, have, so you have a divine female, you have a sky, da- sky daddy, and then you have a son of the sky god, like sun god. Yeah. And so, like, when you think about it, that's what I was saying. So you have, like, Zeus. Zeus would kind of be your, like, your sky god. And his son is the, the sun god, Apollo. And his, and, mm-hmm. his, and, his, and Apollo's mom is this, is kind of this half, this half divine being. So, like, yeah. so Apollo is, like, two, like, three quarters god or, like, two thirds god. But he's still a Nephilim because he's not fully, he's not fully an angel. Yeah. And so like, so that's, it makes sense where you're like, okay, so all around the world. So even though you have like Nimrod 
Tammuz and uh, Shimmeramus. And that's and so that's yes. so that's where I finally went with this. I was like, you know what? It's interesting. So Isaiah 14 is a taunt of the king of Babylon. Mm-hmm. And if you see how the if you see the wording of it, it's like, so who would be the original king of Babylon? Well, it would be Nimrod yep. who founded Babel. Yep. And then you think yes. about he's trying to ascend his throne into the heavens. Okay. Yep. It sounds almost like a guy who was building a tower up to heaven where his throne yes. was going to be. And it's, but instead he got cast down. Like the tower was I destroyed. Do. Exactly. And people don't understand the definition of ascend either. Mm-hmm. Um, which is very interesting because in order to ascend, you have to start from somewhere. You have to yeah, start right. from the bottom and go from, or go to the top. And a lot of people don't understand that. So like in the context of Lucifer, Wanting to ascend, what does that mean? Right. It right. means that he started from somewhere to get to the top. And not only that, on the, started but, on the ground. Yes, exactly. And like what I think is so funny too, um, going back to what I was saying about Jesus being the morning star, uh, people have been commenting on my pages so so often saying, Oh, Jesus is the morning star. So it was talking about Satan. And I always respond, so is Jesus, the father of Satan? Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Because that's not, that that can't be, it's like not biblically no. true. That would be blasphemy right there. Yeah. Like that's, that's a very dangerous borderline walk. And you'll find that it's so incredibly um, controversial too. Um, and that people will say that you're um, being blasphemous about, you know, the Bible, but we're talking about Satan here. We're talking about Lucifer. We're not talking about Jesus. We're talking about Lucifer. Right. How is it, how is it blasphemy that we are decoding, decrypting the Bible and decrypting, you know, what the modern day church has hidden from us. And like the, the whole like idea that like, people don't understand context, the whole like idea of like, it's just, you know, you can't take the Bible literally. Um, it's like, okay, then what are you supposed to take literally? If we're not supposed <laughs> right, to take right. the Bible literally, what, like, where does your foundation of faith come from? Because I take the Bible literally and I don't know about you, but I mean, I've been through all, you know, um, stages of, you know, basic education so Mm. i know what a simile is i know i know what you know a metaphor is right but when you like take the bible and you read in context you understand what a simile and metaphor are and i think it's so interesting too how people also you know have been through the same you know basic stages of education but they come out of it and they're unable to think for themselves. They're unable to do the same work that you require that was required of you in school. You right. literally were forced to like like read certain things and then answer questions about them. Like you were supposed to read in context of, you know, books that um you were assigned to in English class, but you can't do it with the Bible. Like right. what like it's it's so interesting the like almost magic spell that people are under where they literally refuse to look it up themselves. And they only just want to go on google.com onto like the Bible verse website. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And they just want to copy and paste it in a paragraph and send it to you and say, see, you're wrong. But they don't understand that, you know, in Isaiah chapter 14, right before it talks about, um, who Lucifer was and what he was trying to do before that verse was mentioned. And, then you, like it's just like how do you manage 
to do that to yourself every time. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> How I do guess, you manage to shoot yourself every time? <laughs> I guess what I guess the place I came from was like was like because I did grow up in the church, and I didn't. I think I was kind of a little bit like I can't believe when I finally started reading my Bible, like they were telling us so many things that were wrong. So I think that obviously at that point I was like willing to like learn what it was said. And that's when I would, so that's why I always say like, and like you were saying about like allegories and metaphors, it's like, let scripture interpret scripture. Cause a lot of times like in like the book of Daniel, it's like, what is What did I just see? And the angel explains to him exactly what he saw. Like, cause he, cause obviously you can tell that's metaphorical the way he is. But at the same time, he's having a dream and he, he can't, he's trying to interpret it himself. Like yeah. certain, certain things, again, like, Obviously, and the, and the prophets are speaking. It's just like even Paul saying they're only seeing part of the picture. Obviously, because it's like they're not seeing clearly. They're seeing parts of it. They're, they see mm-hmm. in part. They prophesy in part. It doesn't mean it's all. It's all. <laughs> you can you can whitewash it and say, oh well, it's all metaphors. So don't really don't worry about it. But so when I started reading this, I was like, so obviously I let God's word be my guide. And then when somebody would say, hey, Lucifer is the devil, I said, Lucifer. They say. Not only say that Lucifer is the devil, Lucifer was the choir master in heaven. And I was like, that is not in the Bible. That's not not true. (laughs) That's not even one place in the Bible, but everyone repeats it. And I started to understand like, hey, this is why these churches basically don't produce any disciples because they're not even led by this Bible. They're not led by the Holy Spirit. They're led by the traditions of men, the church traditions that obviously look at the state of the church now. Oh, yeah. It's dead. But it's finally, dead. but finally, we have people like you, and obviously, you know, hopefully, myself. As we're we're learning, we're explaining, guys. You have to. It's like we have had to unlearn all the, so many things yes. to find it's out exhausting. which to, to find out what's true. But it's like, but yeah, when you find out it really is like. So what the school systems have taught people to do is be little cogs and regurgitate information, but they don't teach anyone cr- critical thinking skills. And so now, mm-hmm. like, so when you actually read the stuff, and it's like, yeah, like obviously, I've. I'm a college grad. I, everyone calls me stupid for what I believe in the, in the Bible is true, but it's like <laughs> I have been educated. Obviously, yeah, I, I, at same. some point, I've, I've decided a lot of the things I was told are not true. I mean, so I, I know what they say. If you want me to take the test and get an A on it, because I know what they said, but I'm not doing that anymore. I'm telling you that's not true, and I'm telling you what is true based on what the Bible says. And like I said, I'm, I'm, re, I'm rejecting the, the doctrines of men. I'm like saying this is what it says. Okay, if I'm wrong, book, chapter, verse. Show me right now, and I'll go and I'll go look it up. But that's what I was saying. Like that, ultimately, the the church has failed people as far as like getting them to. Because what you really want to do is like what they say, like the Bereans. Paul's te- talking about what the, what the prophecies were, and then they wouldn't go look. They wouldn't looked it up themselves. And that's what I would encourage anybody who's listening to us to do as well. Don't just take what we say, even like, obviously, we quickly quote scriptures. Yes. Go look it up. Go yes. read Go read it and go find out that we're wrong. Like I said, I would say I would really encourage anybody to do this right now. Well, finish to the end. But when you do, or you can pause <laughs> it, read Isaiah 14 and then quickly jump over to Ezekiel, Ezekiel 28 and tell me they're talking about the same being. There's like, there's no, like this, in my mind, it's like, it's so clear. You're talking about one is... Clearly, he's called a cherub, an anointed, beautiful God's signet of perfection. He's in the, he's walking amongst the fiery stones. He's in God's garden, and then you have this being who, when they, when the people stare at this man, the man who made the nations tremble, it's not the same. It's like that. The other thing was not a man. This is a man. Yes, exactly. This is, this is totally exactly. different. 
not a human being at all. And I think it's interesting what you were saying about like how the church has misled people. And I think that one thing too, to even like bring up like things that are more political, talking about how people are so quick to say, you know, our history is going to determine whether or not we go down the same path or not. Isn't it interesting how people are more, you know, interested in learning about the history of our country, but still not even be able to figure out the truth behind that. Mm -hmm. But they are so quick to say that the Old Testament doesn't matter. Yeah, right, right. Well, yeah, well, it's, it's because kind of like, all of this stuff comes from the Old Testament. Well, it's like what's well, like what's well, without the Old Testament to the prophecy is like like literally they were getting getting converts to Christianity by saying, "Hey." All this, all these prophecies were fulfilled through this man, you know. And if you don't believe that, so yeah, if the context, it, it, it really is. I mean, obviously, it's it's heart conditions. It's like if you can't yeah. see that the context of all things matters. <laughs> it's so crazy to me. Um, just I've I've heard so many people. They just they will say that the Old Testament doesn't matter. And they say that oh, we don't need to follow the Old Testament. We don't need to follow the holidays. We don't need to follow the the days that God set apart for us. And we don't need to, you know, essentially pay attention to anything historical about the Bible because all we need to care about is Jesus. And I'm like, you will never be able to understand and follow Jesus and you know really understand your purpose here as a human being unless you see the intricate details that literally Amen. led Jesus to be here right. and the Amen. rescue mission that he is on for us you will never pray good enough you will never pray or you will never believe enough if you don't understand the whole purpose of Jesus and that right there, you're going to find it in the old Testament and you're going to find it in, um, in my opinion, I believe that the book of Enoch is, is a hundred percent scripture, even though I have, you know, no authority to, well, you know, it's um, interesting. I, I just, it, it was anything. funny. I, it's funny. I just went on my, uh, my podcast with my, my buddy, Brian, and I, and I finally got there where I reread first Enoch again and I'd read it, but I guess like, but I was just reading through it. And obviously I was forced to defend Gen my Genesis six translation about the sons of God being not sons of Seth. And of course they're not guys. They're, oh my gosh. They're clearly they're divine beings. No. <laughs> and I, so I was, so I quoted Jude who was talking about the angels that were in chains. And again, like I, and so then Jude goes on to quote, Jude's only one chapter. So he mentions the angels in chains who left their first estate. And then he mentions the pro what the prophet Enoch says, he literally quotes directly from Enoch. I think it's first, first Enoch chapter one, verse nine. He quotes right through it. And obviously, how would Jude have known what Enoch said unless he read it in the book of Enoch? Jude, yeah, Jude, and that's it's, it's even it's even like you said in your in your film, too. Um, I will paraphrase it because I can't <laughs> quote it directly. But you were saying something about, you know, how when the giants and these aliens and whatever come back, people will never understand Genesis 6 and understand what these beings are unless you also read Enoch, Jubilees, yeah. Jasher, etc. In the book yeah. of Giants as well. You'll never be able to understand any of this and how spiritual and real this world is unless you read all of these things and every single book in the bible was written by men who were influenced by these 
scriptures. Yes. We're influenced by all yeah. the of con- these books. the con the con the whole context matters. It's like that's what I was saying. Like so, Paul talks about there's a passage where he says he wants women to cover their hair and consider the yes. angels. And it's like yes. So, so where what is he talking about? If he's not talking about from the book of Enoch, it says the watchers saw the women with long hair and they lusted after them. Yes. I mean, it's very creepy that he says that, but I mean, he does say that. And so like, even I was saying, even Jesus himself is talking about the place, the lake of fire that's prepared for the devil and its angels. First Enoch talks about that, you know, and then you have Peter once again, talking about Tartarus and he's talking about angels in chains, you know, and I think in the, uh, in Hebrews, it talks about the God not forgiving the angels who sinned. And you're like, all throughout the, the New Testament, Things that are in Enoch that are nowhere else in the Old Testament are mentioned and brought up. And that's what I was saying. Like, to me, I really, because I was seeing it, and I was really seeing the spiritual blindness of people trying to say, the sons of Seth are the sons of God. No, they're not, because how could sons of Seth have sex with the daughters of Cain and produce giants? giants? They would produce <laughs> regular people, guys. I mean, maybe they would be sinners, but they would not, they would not be a hybrid race of things called Nephilim or giants. So like what I did, what I, what I came to the conclusion of recently is that they want people to still cling to this false interpretation because it makes them completely blind to what's going on. Like I said, and eventually the end times deception. Yeah. Again, ain't, I said, ancient angels are ancient aliens, like whatever, mm-hmm. like you call, call it whatever you want. I said, the sons of God were not here when God was laying the foundations of the earth. So they're not mm-hmm. from earth. So call them an alien, call them an angel, call them a morning star. It doesn't really matter, but one day something superior to us is going to show up and it's going to say, your Bible has no answers for us. And the modern church is going to say, you know what? You're right. But the, but the modern church is wrong because the Bible does have answers for this. And obviously like books like Enoch, if it, if the book of Enoch was in, was, was still in the Bible. And it's funny. It's like people say, don't add to the Bible. I'm like, you're so ignorant when you say that, because I know you're quoting (laughs) revelation and revelation is saying, don't add to this prophecy. The Bible was not a it was not a complete book when John wrote Revelation, guys. It's just seriously. It's so true. Yeah, and, that and is it's, true. And so when it's <laughs> but if if Enoch was actually in the sixteen eleven King James Bible for you KJV only people, so it actually was in there <laughs> until they took it out. But if and they, like the, but if they it like the eighteen hundreds, I, well, I don't remember. Well, I know that there's even if you look up, you can find old Bibles that have a section that's just cut in the middle and says apocrypha, and so apocrypha mm-hmm. just means. Like we don't know who wrote it and we don't know when it was written. Well, you could put the book of Job in there because that's the same, that's the same kind of book. We don't know who wrote exactly. it. We don't know when it was written. Okay. But we, st- but that's in the Bible. So it's okay to believe that. Right. Even though yeah. Job has some crazy stuff in there. It's, a, it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of a wild book, but, but it's interesting. But so if, so if first Enoch was in there, there'd be no chance you could even argue at, at, with the shadow of doubt that the sons of God are who they really are. They're angels who sin with women. And again, I believe that that's, believe it or not, that's a foundational, like, biblical knowledge to understand the rest of your Bible. And if you don't, that's why mm-hmm. people don't understand their Bibles. And that's why, again, they're, they're Sunday Christians and they're walking, they're walking through a minefield blind. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That was so deep. We definitely dove into some amazing, incredible topics that we could, you know, go on and on and on about. There are so many different things we learned, you know, so much 
from each other and also yeah absolutely um, i i really hope that the people who are listening to this um find this as interesting as we do because i just think that this is like the the most in my opinion one of the most important things when it comes to knowing what is going on in this world and understanding that you know what we're talking about babylon nephilim lucifer etc we are not far from all of this being our absolute reality we are not far from this at all and like it i don't know if it'll be 2030 who knows um i don't know if it'll be you know 3000 something i don't know when it'll be but we are we're not far from all of this being our reality and we need to understand biblical context now more than ever. And I mean, even the book of Enoch that allows you to understand this stuff in context more is, you know, this book was meant for end times. Yeah, this be- book I- was meant to resurface. Yeah. Yeah. Now. I believe, I believe so. And again, it's like, isn't it interesting how like when Solomon says there's nothing new under the sun, it was, will be again. And then you think about it. So why, why does this matter? Well, Jesus said when he returns, it'll be like the days of Noah. So if you don't know what the days of Noah are like, maybe you're going to be like one of those people who would, who are completely surprised by the flood when, yes. they, when, they, when they should not have been surprised. That was the whole point of that story is that they were going about their lives like nothing was going on. Obviously, obviously, the people who are up, who are you know, doing what we're doing now, we're telling everybody as much as much as they'll listen to us. And I wanted to say this one thing to close was it was interesting. They were saying. When people say it's only about Jesus and you're like, I agree, I, I, <laughs> I, I agree with that. But what, what we're also trying to say is if Jesus is the word made flesh, it matters what he what, what's in the Bible. It matters what's in the Old Testament because he's the, because he's the confirmation of that. So, like, obviously, if you love Jesus, you'll want to know more about him. And I think that I think sometimes we as Christians, even when we're going through tough times, we're looking for stuff for us to make us feel better that day. But really, the story, the Bible is the story of Jesus. And so, like, if you want to know more about him, you have to read it. And like I said, Absolutely. And, and in order to get the full context, you have to understand it. You have to know the context. And I think that's that's really what I would encourage anybody else to do is just, just like I said, get to know God. And obviously, when once you do, then that Holy Spirit will be working through you. And again, like, as you go back to the topics of, like, digging through the dirt and finding out all the all the crazy stuff in the rabbit hole, you'll actually be able to see in the dark. Well, anyways, this was an awesome conversation. Obviously, we could go on forever, as as we said. But um, Jillian, do you got anything you want to uh, to plug, or do you want to, where where can people find you? Well, um, I go by Jillian Stone on all platforms, so you can just look me up from there and <laughs> just follow me on my journey as I am, you know, searching for God's truth and everything um, but worldly truth. That, that's for sure. Um, but I am so excited to, um, you know, just be back podcasting. And I hope that we can do this again sometime soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, anyways, guys, God bless you all. And we'll see you next time.